This is a program about going deeper. It's about creating a culture of learning. It's about putting apostolic feet to prophetic hope. It is our mission to purposefully equip the world to transform their region with God's love. We want to create an atmosphere of divine influence to the nations by walking in the power of His Holy Spirit with a faith that shapes the future. Welcome to Eagle Mountain Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to Eagle Mountain Radio. My name is Chris Banky. I'll be your host today. I've got with us here in our studio in Bend, Oregon, Bobby Hobby. Hey everyone. Good to have you with us again. We also have Layla. She is joining us today. Layla, good to have you here. Thank you for spending some time with us. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. And we also have Jennifer as well with us. So we have some different faces on the podcast this morning. So I'm so excited about that. And we also have a guest that I'm very excited to inter- interview. Um, he is uh, a gentleman that grew up in Africa. He was uh, part of the Special Forces uh, there. He also is a profound business person. He is the CEO and founder of Paladin Corporation in Australia, which is a management company that, that manages almost 30 different companies. They have uh, north of a billion dollar valuation. He's extremely well-versed businessman in several different verticals. Um, he's a, a profound uh, speaker. He sought out um, speakers, speaks all around the world. I think in 2018, he spoke in 111 different places. I'm not sure if that's actually true or not. It doesn't even seem possible, but it's very, very indicative of the kind of demand that this guy has. He's um, He's got a lot of wisdom, and he's also the founder of a, a very cool organization called Kingdom Investors, where they are teaching Christian business people how to do business God's way with some very, very profound teaching. So we're very excited to have him. His name is Dave Hodgson. Dave, thank you for joining us today. Really appreciate it. It's a great pleasure, and it's good to see you guys again. We met last year in uh, Bend, Oregon. And uh, I was just very, very impressed with your Hub Nation um, strategies and so on. So, so good to catch up again. Thanks, Dave. It's good to have you. Yeah, thank you for that. So, so Dave, we're all here filming uh, in our studio here in Bend, Oregon. But where in the world are you coming to us from today? So the most important thing for you to understand is that Malulabar in Queensland, Australia, is actually the center of the world. And everywhere else, including the U.S., is just a satellite, all right? So that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I, God would put you in the center of the world. Yeah, and I think that's probably <laughs> true. I'm going to need to visit soon so I can find out if that's actually true firsthand. Yeah, we'll go together. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Skitsky heaven. Yeah. So thank you for carving out some time for us today. Um, really appreciate it. If you are just joining this and you're seeing this on Facebook or YouTube, we're broadcasting this live. Thank you for joining us today. Appreciate that. We also um, publish this as a podcast. So definitely take the time to go over to YouTube or go over to Apple or Google and subscribe to that podcast so you get other future um, podcasts as they come out but it's awesome to do this live broadcast we've been doing that recently and it's been really cool especially right now during the crazy time that we're in so dave is a man with a lot of business experience across a lot of different verticals he has experienced personally what it's like to be in a very difficult situation and to 
come out of that using godly principles and have very successful businesses from that through difficult times, hard times, you know, down economies, up economies. So I think it's so cool that we get to actually talk to him today in one of the craziest times that we've seen in modern times, and it's globally affecting everyone. So I think the topic that we were chatting about in the pre-show was this, this um, concept of what a kingdom perspective is when the whole world is going through a reset. So we're excited to get into that. Um, I'm just curious to kick things off, Dave, from someone in your perspective where you're kind of managing and looking over uh, businesses in different verticals. Uh, from a kingdom perspective, when the world is kind of upended like it has been, what is your kind of, like, how do you view that um, from that kind of high level as a CEO of these companies? How do you view all of that? Okay, so <clears throat> from our point of view, and it should be from all Christian <clears throat> point of view in the marketplace, is that God is always up to stuff. He's always doing things. He's very strategic, okay? And, and we need to follow God's strategies. And in, in if we look at it from God's point of view, he has always wanted the wealth of the world to be controlled by the just, okay? We, we tend to miss this in the Bible a lot, but it's, this, it's the same biblical economic principles right through the whole Bible. So that means there needs to be opportunity for the transfer of wealth out from under a Babylonian economy to the kingdom of God, to, to the just, okay? And, and hopefully the Christians are just. I don't think we've defined just very well either. But this is an opportunity for that to take place. If you consider um, the only real times you can have a transformation of wealth on any kind of a scale is either war or economic downturn. So in the absence of war, economic downturn is a preferred option. And that's what we're experiencing now. We missed it, or, or most people missed it in 2007, 2008. Um, but here we are now with this awesome macroeconomic opportunity to bring the kingdom of God into the earth, into the marketplace, which is where the kingdom of God will actually infiltrate and take over. Um, it, it, this is an opportunity to achieve that. And so we as business people should be focused on that. And if we are, and as long as we're doing it God's way, not don't plunder the planet like the Crusaders did, then of course he will apply his favor and the most amazing things happen. The most amazing things are happening in our corporation, which I just sit back in awe and think, wow, how does God engineer these things, you know? Yeah, I'd love to I'd love to push into that a little bit more because I think a lot of people might be hearing what you're saying and they're saying to themselves, wait a minute, I don't see anything happening right now as an opportunity. I see the opposite of that. So I know as Paladin Corporation, it's not just even one vertical, because there are some things that, that in a time like this where those verticals really prosper just because of the nature of the problem. But you're overseeing a lot of different, really different verticals from each other. So as, as the, the CEO of Paladin, how are you seeing this happening you know, firsthand? Okay, so maybe if I just give you a little bit of background, um, then your audience will know. Um, when I set up Paladin Corporation, it was with a view to funding our local church. That, that was its only purpose. Um, but once we'd funded the church, and we still do that, and, and we fund the church at the level of its vision, not just the tithes and the, and the expenses of the church. But the Lord then grew the assignment. So the assignment originally was to fund the church, but then he grew it 
And he showed me and showed us that we need to fund various strategic organizations which were involved in public policy, elections, et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, came KI, or Kingdom Investors, the ministry you mentioned earlier, Chris. And that required millions and millions of dollars per year. So we had to grow from a little group, you know, we were, we were financiers, okay, mortgage brokers and financiers. I had to become an international investment banker and begin to buy businesses in order to achieve the assignment. So I literally grew our company into the assignment that God had given us. Now, back in 2006, I began to buy companies because that I thought was the way that we needed to, to fund our assignment and get the influence that we needed to, to have. And so I set about doing that in a diverse way because I, want, which I knew by that time as, a, as, a, um, as an international financier, I knew that the banking system around the world was accumulating incredibly vast amounts of debt and it was utterly unsustainable and it would collapse at some point in the not too distant future. This was 2006. So I sought to diversify our company and to buy businesses and sectors which we deem to be resistant to economic downturn. So sectors such as IT, certain certain parts of IT, telco, the telco space, these things, you know, they just grow and grow, they're never gonna stop. So in that space, it always grows, it doesn't matter what happens to the economy. Energy is another area, water infrastructure, and obviously investment banking, mining, certain mining areas, and so on. So we bought companies, so we don't invest, we literally buy the companies. We own, I own Paladin Corporation, $1.2 billion company with 32 companies underneath it. So we did that to be diverse. Now, when the uh, global financial crisis came through in 2007, 2008, we were very, very strong. And we saw and, and predicted that there was a transformation of wealth to come. And I was lecturing to my audiences in Australia, um, you guys get ready for this. And I, and I was trying to teach them the whole concept of the, of the transfer of wealth to the just, you know, from the wicked to the just. Anyway, when we went in, we came out 300% bigger, three times bigger than when we came out. Uh, um, sorry, we, you know, we, we came out three times bigger than when we went in. So we tripled in size. That same philosophy applies right now. Almost all of our companies in our group will benefit from this downturn. Um, one of our companies will grow eightfold during this downturn, and it's set up that way because we anticipated what was coming. But what, what about people who haven't anticipated what's coming? Because like we, we've got one company, which is a big health club. It's a women's health club down in our capital city, about 2,000 kilometers from where I am. And, you know, that the, the government closed that down, literally just gave us 24 hours notice and they closed all health clubs down right across the nation because of the CB19. And so what happens? You know, millions of dollars of revenue just dries up overnight and all the expenses are still there. How will we, as Christians, as kingdom people, take this? Are we going to go dive under the carpet and moan and burst into tears? Or are we going to say, Lord, what are you, what's going on? Where are you in this? And when you dig deeper, if you're doing God's will, God's way, so if you're doing your assignment and doing it the way God wants it done, so not plundering the public and so on, God's will, God's way, then there is always favor. There has to be. It's just, it just comes with the territory. You can't do your assignment in your own strength. You have to have God. You have to apply favor. So they're all the spiritual logic all adds up. So here we are. 
with a big, big health club, one of the most prominent five-star health clubs on the whole eastern seaboard of this nation, suddenly, bang, shut it down. So here's an incredible opportunity for us. We're coming to the end of a 10-year lease. We've got a toxic uh, landlord. And you know, we know that in an in economic downturn, the big shopping centers, they suffer really badly because all the little specialty shops dry up and the big anchors dry up and so on. Well, we're a big anchor. We're very, very attractive to the big Westfield shopping centers. So we go there and say, hey guys, you've got all this vacant space and now you've got 40 businesses going broke downstairs. You know, we're coming to the end of our lease. Why don't we talk? And of course, they love it. They say, wow, what can we do for you? Can we pay out the rest of your lease? Can we give you this, that, that? We want to put you in this best place overlooking the whole place. You can put your, your big ba your banners up, et cetera, et cetera. And there's no girls in the club because they've all been chased out. So we're not disrupting anybody. And we can end up with a much bigger club with a much better rental, uh, you know, with a much better lease and an all fancy brand. It was already five star. It already had literally chandeliers in the toilets. So I don't know why you girls need that, but that's what that has in, in our club. <laughs> so the point is, you know, the Lord is doing stuff in our favor, even though that club was closed down. And it's not going to cost us anything. Westfield will do the fit out. They will do the move. They will do everything simply because they've got a problem. We could then go back to our landlord. The government has brought in a new code of conduct whereby we actually don't have to pay rent for the next six months. And we can have a, a deferral and a waiver of the rent. So deferral means if you don't pay now, you, you've got six months where you actually don't have to pay, but 50% of that you will have to catch up on later. That's the deferral. The waiver is that the other 50%, you don't have to pay at all. It's free. And then the government compensates the landlord to, um, in our mind, not sufficiently. So even though the landlord is toxic, they hassle us and they're driven by greed, we negotiated with them yesterday and we said, look, we don't have to pay you a cent for the next six months, but we don't want that. We don't want you to be struggling. We want your family battling and struggling, and we know them. We know their family and so on. So we said, we will we will take the waiver, but not the deferral. So that means we're paying you 50%. Now, no, we understand we've got no revenue coming in in this club, but we still are willing to do stuff God's way and say, we will we'll pay you the bit that you would normally, that we could defer, the 50% rent per month, and we will take the waiver whereby we don't owe you that other 50%. And they took it immediately. They said, wow, we never expect that. You guys, you could have shafted us completely. So it's that kind of thing that we can do and still prosper. Westfield still wants to pay out the whole, um, the rest of the lease and so on. We just need to look for what is God doing in the midst of everything that's going on instead of hiding under our beds. Oh, that's... That is so well, good. That's so good. And it, it's it's an interesting thing, too. I think I think there's a lot of people that are, are listening to this. We have a kind of a broad audience, a global audience. And I think some of them are, are going to be saying to themselves, oh, Dave, that's great for you. You have a five-star, uh, you know, athletic club for women. It's obviously really amazing. And you've got these resources and you've got the muscle to go negotiate the lease and things like that. But what would you say to the small business owner that just has a, you know, a small business and they too receive direction from the government, hey, stop, shut down. Well, how do I make sales? Mm, I don't know, but you can't be open right now. What would you say to them? Do the principles still apply to them, even though it's a smaller scale? Oh, yeah, the principles never change. They're, they're very consistent. When we, 
when we first started out, or when I first started out uh, as a Christian, I really, really struggled with my faith because I was a very strong evolutionist. I was very anti-limpristed Christians. I was a special forces guy, and I didn't want to be a Christian in the first place. So when I did become a Christian, I was I looked at all of this stuff, and I was taught a lot of stuff at church, which was fantastic, but it didn't apply in the marketplace. So I set about trying to justify my faith. And, and generally, as an entrepreneur, I mix with um, upper middle class and the top end of town just because I grow big businesses and they, they all want to interact. They become my friends. And they don't know they have a need. They don't know they need a God or anything. So trying to get them evangelized is quite hard. So with all of that, I had to sit down and evaluate these principles that we're talking about. And I had to figure out, take the moral structure that I'm learning in church and bring it into a practical sense in the marketplace. And the only way I could do that was to learn what was going on historically at the time during the biblical era. So for thousands of years, what was going on in Sudan, in Mesopotamia, in Ethiopia, in, the, in Palestine, etc., etc., and then get inside the head of the author of the scripture and say, what was that person meant? What was going on? Why did they write that scripture? Forget about any other moral extractions that you can legitimately make. I need to know what, why were they writing that? Then figure that principle out, bring it into the modern marketplace, and then test it with my companies over and over, test it to make sure it works. And as we did that, we ended up with empirical data that proves that everything that was going on was actually that, that we were being taught in the Bible physically works in the marketplace. So the principles work across the board. And as we began to apply that and teach that we, and, and, and grow our corporation, it didn't matter whether we were small or big or, or in trouble or in prosperity. The principles always were constant and they always stayed the same. Yeah. So if I had a little business that was shut down, that, that Fernwood Women's Health Club is actually a small business by any standard. It's a, we, I think we paid about two mil or something. It was our first acquisition. I would never buy another one. It's like, you know, we've got 59 ladies there working for us and, and, and my wife manages them and she tells me it's like herding cats across a flooded river, you know. So <laughs> it's a crazy <laughs> so well, but it's quite a small business. So, so what we're doing there is is applies to everybody i've had people contact me and say my business has closed down i don't know what to do you know and so on so i give them some ideas of how to make money without any outlay because they've got no outlay so how can you make money with no money and there's lots of ways of doing that you know um just just you know on a referral basis with no outlay i, I pointed some people who are naturally salespeople. Most people in business are, are reasonably good at sales, even if it's not their primary gifting. And I pointed them to one of our companies whereby they could just act as a referrer and make really good income to tide them over. And, and it would become a, a passive income in the long term, uh, which they could just keep doing on, on the side. But even if they didn't do anything, it would still remain as a passive income. So two of those organizations are prospering now. They were sole traders. They're doing better now than they were doing before the crisis. The point being that the Lord, those two people are actually engaged in their assignment because I know them. They've been with Kingdom Investors for a long time. They're engaged in their assignment. They're doing it God's way. So they will attract the favor is, is the point I'm making. So we have on our website, a, a on, the, on the KI membership site, a series called Mega Ref, M-E-G-A-R-E-F. You've probably seen it, Chris. That is a series of self-analysis 
when things go wrong, even if it's a crisis, even when it's going wrong for everyone else, we have to figure out why is it going wrong for me? Something's wrong. If, if my business is going wrong at any time, whether it's, whether it's during a time of international prosperity or an economic downturn, something is wrong. So we have to go, if we go through MegaRev, it's, it's a self-assessment of why are things going wrong? What is God doing? And you can come out of that and you can you could do that in two days and come out of it saying, wow, if I change this, I will attract the favor and and immediately things will change. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just want to reference. I want to point out what you're talking about. So um, the the site that we talked about earlier and what Dave's uh, referencing right now is is a ministry that they have. It's a global ministry called Kingdom Investors. And you can actually find that website at kingdominvestors.com.au. So go there and check that out. The The amount of information on there and the kind of information is critically important if you're a business owner of any kind. And not even a business owner. If you're in any kind of leader, leadership position, like you're going to find this stuff extremely valuable. And the resources there are well worth any, uh, any of the investment. So, um, so definitely check that out. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, but what's interesting and what I'd like to, what I'd like to do is here in, on our side in this panel, we actually have four different types of business represented. So Jen owns a business. I own a, a couple of different businesses. Layla owns a business. Bobby is the senior leader of a church. And I'd love to just hear from you guys, like as you're listening to the things that Dave is saying, and you might be actually familiar with some of the resources already, but um, what are you guys seeing in relation to this whole concept? And, and could you answer that around the idea of this concept of God's way versus the just the kind of the normal, you know, it's not personal, it's just business way, right? Like, so what are you, what are you guys seeing as you're out there? Well, I then in this season for sure, I think a lot of the questions that I've been hearing is with the I work as a leadership strategist and, and working with predominantly companies in construction and. What I keep hearing is, Layla, the normal market predictors that I'm used to tracking and following to make my decisions, to make way moving forward, don't exist right now. They're turned off. And so it really is requiring people to press into God and to seek what is the kingdom solution here. And I really believe that this is a time to enter into prophetic promise. You know, Dave, you already mentioned that really there, there is after 2008, after we came out of that in 2010, we started hearing so many messages of that, um, the wealth transfer that was going to be restored at this time in history. I don't think we thought, I don't think any of us sitting around on this panel thought it would right. look like how it's looking right, right now, sure. but we are literally in a place to step into prophetic promise. So I know with the leaders I'm working with, honestly, our greatest strategy is spiritual alignment right now and to press into God's word that it would be manifest and that you would literally, we have, we have driven stakes at the True North Point on their business properties to align to kingdom truth right now, that they would receive the blueprints of heaven in those strategies because God is not going to lead us wrong. And even as Dave shared in the testimony with, with the gym, there is favor for us to step into. There is new relationship and provision that is coming from unexpected sources. So again, I think as we've talked before with some of you around this panel, that business as usual is dead. It is a time to step into a faith and yeah. a kingdom advancement that God has for us. Yeah, Jen. What about what are what are what are you experiencing right now? Well, I think um, 
I, ha- I have a small business. I have two women's clothing stores, and um, they have been closed for over a month. And I've, I've really have positioned my heart to say, um, because God's favor is on us, and we know that, then there's going to be opportunity if we position ourselves to see it. So either posture yourself to look for the disaster or for the opportunity. And so I've been saying to the Lord, where, what's the opportunity? Like, start showing me strategies and opportunities. And at the beginning of this, I felt like he told me, um, he brought to mind the verse that, you know, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And, okay, first of all, starting with myself and my business, what are the opportunities we need to be looking for? But at the same time, equally as important is then how do I help other people find the opportunity? Because in business, it can be really easy to just kind of step on people to find your opportunity. And I think that a kingdom principle really is, okay, I'm going to position myself to find the opportunity and take advantage, not advantage of people, but of situations. And then equally important to God's heart is, is to then how do I love others the way I'm loving myself and guiding them into looking for the opportunities. That's really great. Bobby, I'm curious, uh, I'm curious to hear from you as well. Like a lot of, um, as a, as a leader of a church, right? Like you're in a real interesting spot right now because people are searching, but the government's put a lot of restrictions on the normal way to reach the people that are ser- that are searching. So during this time, like how have you as like kind of from the business side, like what have you, what have you done and seen and what's worked and not worked? Yeah, well, SMEs are the front lines of transformation. So you got to know that small to medium enterprises, number one, are the advancement of the kingdom of God in every region. And knowing that, then I like what Dave said, uh, this shouldn't have taken us by surprise. We should have um, planned for war in days of peace. Um, We could do that no matter what um, in all times. We could set up reserves, we could set up strategies and plans. And then the first thing is not so much, you know, how could I provide myself a way out? Right now, a lot of conversations from business owners, people on the front lines, ministries are like, when's that line of social disobedience? You know, when can I sort of provide my own way? Right. And my comment to that is wrong question. First of all, are you a part of the solution? Where were you when the businesses that you were connecting with needed you? Uh, Are you asking the questions? Are you getting on Zoom, providing strategy meetings? Are you connected to your local officials? Do they know your name? If you're trying to establish those relationships now, uh, it might be a little bit too late. So going rewinding and saying, wow, how could I have leveraged those relationships to begin with to be a part of the solution? And then secondly, if I'm looking for a way out, then I'm probably asking the wrong question. My first question is, how, what solutions is heaven releasing right now that I can gain to be a part of the rebound or the reset that's happening globally right now? I love that. And, and what I'm hearing from all of you guys is this common thread that I know is a major part of Dave's teaching uh, and the teaching that's on Kingdom Investors. The teaching on Kingdom Investors really focuses on um, doing things God's way. And I, and I think I'd love to hear from you, Dave, because I think that a lot of people that are Christians that own businesses have these siloed kind of understanding. And that's actually the the common teaching, even from the church in a lot of cases, is you've got this business and it's just over here 
And it is what it is. And it's just business. It's not personal kind of like approach. And one of the things that I've heard through Dave's teaching a lot is that all, all should prosper. Right? Like, I think that's even the tagline, right? That all should prosper. So how do we approach that? And how do you approach that in times like this? Because I think some people might be hearing you and saying, man, I don't know if, if you should look at a global catastrophe as an opportunity. That sounds kind of off. So what would you say to that, to that thinking? Okay. <clears throat> a couple of quick things to, to prefix that. One thing to think of just in, in answer to the previous discussion where we all spoke there, when there's a famine in the land, in the Bible, it, always God was trying to get the attention of somebody. Remember with David, oh, Lord, there's a famine in the land after three years. I don't know why it took him three years to ask the Lord, but he, he went to the Lord. Why is there a famine in the land? God said, because it's on account of what Saul did to the Amalekites or, or whoever it was, uh, um, uh, to the Gibeonites rather. And so, and he had to go and fix that, okay? And, and once he fixed that, it started raining and everybody prospered again. So that applies to every single body in this current famine that's in our land. We should be asking, well, why is there famine in my land? I can understand the international famine, but why in my land? Hence the mega rep stuff we mentioned earlier. We should all be raising our intimacy levels. We should be incredibly intimate with the Lord anyway. Okay, so I teach that we business people should take a whole day every week and never, ever miss it, a whole day to go and pray. Whether you're running 30 companies and a massive worldwide ministry or if you're just a sole trader as a painter or something, we still should have a whole day with the Lord. Ask him, Lord, what is, what is your will for me, Lord, in the week ahead or whatever it might be. So those intimacy levels are really, really important at a time like this. Okay, so if we come to your question there, Chris, let's let's take, for example, we, we can assume there's a lot of distressed businesses around, okay? Now, we as Christians, what are we going to do? Will we take advantage of that, as, as it was, you know, alluded to a few minutes ago? No, we shouldn't. I think uh, Jennifer mentioned, you know, doing stuff right during this time, not stamping on other people. In 2008, here's a quick example, 2008, um, the, there are other health clubs who were in serious distress, okay? And one in particular was owned by one lady, and we knew she was in distress. We, we heard about it through the, the, the grapevine, and um, my wife said to me, what should we do about that? And I said, why don't you go and see if, make friends with her and see if she wants to sell, because we could use her, um, her members. We don't want her club. It's a ratty thing, but we want the members. And offer her a significant sum of money, a big chunk. And so she did that, and the lady said, no, we're fine, you know, we don't need it. But as the, the global financial crisis set in, she declined very quickly. And within six months, she came to us. She was crying. She was very heavily pregnant. The landlord had closed the doors because she couldn't pay the rent. Her, her members couldn't get in. Her creditors couldn't get paid. And keep in mind, the members have paid in advance. So they're in distress, creditors in distress, landlords in distress, owners in distress. And she came to us and she said, you can buy my company for this much. I just have to get out uh, and I'm just going to go broke and have the baby. That was our sole focus. So what do we do as Christians in, in, a, in that circumstance, which is happening every day right now? What are we going to do? We're going to say, yeah, isn't God good? We picked it up for this. You know, and he saved us all that money. Ah, that's not God's way. God's way is what? Why would I want you to just plunder all of these people in distress? Draw them in 
you have the power to create wealth. As long as you remember me, you have the power to create wealth. Deuteronomy 8.18. So remember me and do it properly. Okay, so good. We've got all of these distressed people. That's what we're going to create a sheep nation, a sheep community, as opposed to the goat community that's already existing and we're looking at this lot. So we bring them in. So I said to Merlene, my wife, go to her and offer her the original price. Tell her we will still pay because nothing's changed. We still want the members. We're not going to take advantage of that. So, so go and tell her that. Tell her we will also pay out the lease, okay? Because if we don't pay that lease out, she's gonna, they're going to come after her. She's had to give a personal guarantee. So there's no point in us paying her and that all has to be plundered. So let's pay out the lease. Then tell her we'll pay out all of her creditors. So she will go there totally clean fatigue. She can go and have her baby in peace and everything's good. But what we still want is her members. So we must t tell her she must get on the phone and she must find everybody that ever walked through her door and send them to us. And those members that have still got residual on their membership that they've paid for, they can bring that to us and train for us for free. Now, we're a five-star health club. We know that our girls are going to love them to bits to the extent they'll sign on forever and ever. We have to make multiples out of this. Otherwise, we're not, having, we're not doing stuff God's way. But she needs to prosper. This is the gleaning principle in the modern marketplace, okay? She's got to do some work to get all of this wealth that we're giving her. Now, she wasn't a very good club manager, but she was a brilliant salesperson. And she just got everybody, so many people that came to us. And we said to her, for the first 10, we'll pay you this much that you send to us. So we're paying her to do this as well. Over and above everything else we've paid. And then for the next 10, we'll give you another margin on top of what the base is. And then for the next 10 and the next 10. She sent so many people. We lost track of these coming from her marketing or our marketing. So we just paid her for everything. And we grew and grew and grew. And she went away and she had this awesome baby. And she was totally relaxed and comfortable. Everybody got paid. Everybody prospered. That's God's way in the modern marketplace, guys. And when God sees you do that, he says, that's the sort of people I need to create my broad vision for the planet, which is sheep nations, just nations on earth. They can handle the transformation of wealth because they can handle the burden of wealth, if you like. All right. So they, that when God applies the favor and the multiplications are massive. And so it's that philosophy we need to keep in mind. That's so profound because I think that um, it's easy to kind of look at that on paper or as you know, a use case and say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Do things God's way. He wants them to prosper. But then I think there's just so much set thinking and teaching that's out there that when you're presented with that opportunity, it takes a significant discipline to not say, oh, well, this is just God's way of blessing me. I'm going to get it for five cents on the dollar. And I, I think... I think it's profound if you can pay attention to that. And a lot of the teaching that Dave has on his on the Kingdom Investors website focuses on helping you understand why and how and the biblical examples and so forth. So I, I love that. I'd love to, if you guys are okay with this, switch gears a little bit right now because I think that there are a lot of people that are listening to this and they're in the middle of it, as we kind of alluded to, right? This global pandemic. And I think when things aren't the way we expect them to be, we start looking for answers and we start trying to uncover, you know, lift the, the, the carpet off the ground and see what, you know, kind of dirt is under there. And there's a lot of buzz out there right now about some of the, you know, reasons behind or causes of um, the coronavirus and just these various conspiracies, if you will, that are out there. And Dave is someone that's got a lot of experience across a lot of these different verticals. And if I've, if, if I believe um, you've got some companies that are in the mobile space even. Um, 
we're just curious what your thoughts are and what you would say a Christian response is to some of the conspiracies and thinking that's out there regarding the, you know, the, the whole pandemic itself, 5G, 5G, just these various things, where the virus came from, what our response should be, all that stuff. I'm just curious what your perspective and thinking is around some of that stuff. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, the funny thing is, oh, not so funny, but the, the devil wants to distract us away from this transformation because he knows it's such a core principle in the kingdom, okay, the transformation of wealth. So anything that he can use to get us off that assignment, if you will, is good for him. And so Christians are, are, I don't want to say they're the worst, but they just get involved in some of these conspiracy theories and propagate it right around through Christendom even to the extent you see pastors, quite significant pastors, preaching on it, on, on the fact that 5G is causing, you know, destroying our immune systems, therefore, in Italy and Spain, and you're seeing all the, wherever the worst CV-19 is, it's because of 5G. And that then dominates the narrative, and that's not what should be dominating the narrative. We should be talking about what God's actually doing and not miss it. We just mustn't miss the opportunity. We missed it in 2008. So... Look, we own a company called Coreth. I've owned that company since 2006. We bought that company. It has world-leading software. We are the world leaders, okay, in reading the electromagnetic emissions that come out of telco towers, EME. So the radiation that comes out of those towers, we are the world leaders in reading that. In Australia, Australia is a long way ahead on compliance on telco towers, simply because we identified years ago that our technicians were getting fried and they were dead before they hit the ground when they were working on these appliances up on the towers. So it became, Australia has an industry based on, on compliance. I think about 10% of the revenue in this country is now on workplace health and safety and compliance and stuff. So we bought into this company knowing that uh, there, was a, there was an EU directive in, in 2006 which, meant, which indicated that all of the towers in Europe had to have reports done on them. There were over a million towers in those days, there's a lot more now, cost over a thousand euro per tower for the initial uh, inspection. And so there's over a billion euros worth of work to be done. And we are the world leaders and we are the European standard in the software and none of, very few of their towers have been done. So that was our motive to create a big company out of what was going on. Now. Here we are, in, in, so I'm establishing the credentials of the company that we own. We have about 70% of the Australian market, and we are the European standard. We work with, we do Deutsche Telekom, we do Arkiva, we do all of these massive telcos. We do their work in terms of their towers. No tower, no appliance in Australia and elsewhere now can be turned on without an EME report. It, they, it's illegal, okay? So you cannot turn on anything unless it's got a report by us or our fraternity. Not We don't have competitors, okay? This is fraternity. So there are other, other companies. We don't own all the market. But some one of us has to do a report on those towers. And we do reports on 5G towers. And I can tell you categorically that you can stand 2.2 meters from, it, from any 5G appliance, which has been cranked up to its maximum and then 300% more than its maximum, okay, which it's physically not capable of because the hardware can't do it, and you are still dead set safe, 2.2 meters. And the reason they choose 2.2 meters is because you don't stand next to it, it's always above you, and a tall person at 2.2 is about seven foot four or something in, in your language. 
and um, in imperial, imperial measurements. So the, these things are already on poles, and then it's the, the appliances, you can walk 2.2 meters away from that thing, even if it was three times its, its capacity, which it can't do, and you're still safe. So it's all rubbish. What they're saying is utter rubbish, okay? And we have a massive company based on that. So the reason we need to discuss this is to refocus on what God wants done and get away from all of those, the wrong narrative. It dominates the airwaves and it shouldn't be. It takes us off assignment effectively. So from my point of view, it doesn't matter from, from an incentive point of view. It doesn't matter if it's 4G or 3G or 6G. 6G is already designed, by the way. 7G is on the drawing board. To us, it doesn't matter. There's no financial incentive to say this because we're still going to report on anything that comes out. So all I'm doing right, is making the right. point it's a distraction, it's rubbish. Yeah, and so speak to that just a little bit more, that it's a distraction from what? I know you alluded to that, but let's let's dive into that just a little deeper. It's a distraction from what? What should we be doing, and what are these conspiracy theories sort of distracting us from? So back to the transformation, Bobby. You know, if we consider that, uh, I think I mentioned at the beginning, that, that the Lord wants the just to control the wealth of the world. And this is a, this has nothing to do with a, 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 a prosperity doctrine. It's purely because the the root of all evil, okay, so the root of all social distress and human suffering and human misery on earth is greed and self-centeredness. That culture drives virtually everything. From you know, it, it, I, I think I spoke about this when I met you guys, but just here on the Sunshine Coast, the biggest social issue here. Strangely enough, in, in the 13th economy on Earth, okay, one of only eight AAA-rated economies, our biggest social issue right here in this city is homelessness and women. Amazing. So when we decided, how do we fix this? So we, as Kingdom Investors and Power Incorporated, said, let's fix homelessness and women. Why is it an issue? So we better look at the whole reason, the root cause. Where does it come from? And as we studied it, we found that the biggest cause, not the only cause, but the biggest cause of homelessness and women is domestic violence. Okay, good. So let's fix DV. Well, to fix DV, we better find out what the root cause of that is. Biggest cause of domestic violence, not the only cause, but the biggest one, financial hardship. Oh, surprise, surprise, financial hardship. The biggest cause of that is greed and self-centeredness. So we better fix the whole supply chain right. of all of this. And the point being that homelessness of women, family breakdown, delinquencies, all comes from this greed and self-centeredness. So the Lord wants that fixed. And when we fix that, we end up with just people and that just people are those that can handle the well. And if we had that change that culture to caring and sharing in the marketplace, just like we did with that acquisition, as soon as we do that, we start to eliminate systemic poverty, domestic violence, you know, delinquencies breakdown. So the whole deal then is that we must get the just, because obviously all of that domestic violence leads on into sex slavery, um, whatever else you can think of, uh, and, and put it in the third world context and you suddenly got a basket case. So that isn't the kingdom of God. That is the kingdom of the devil dominating the planet. We've never tried to change the culture in any meaningful way. Solomon was the last guy to do that. So, and, and there was a massive transformation of wealth in his time, which is why he wrote the proverb, okay? It was in his head, remember I said, learn the history, look at what, he, what, what was he saying when he spoke about the inheritance from his father and the, and the transformation of wealth. That's exactly what I'm talking about. If we focus on that and forget about the conspiracy rubbish, because it is rubbish, focus on what God wants done and dig in, go and pray for a day and say, Lord, where do I fit in? What would you have me do tomorrow 
to be part of this transformation, to be part of your bigger picture, because I'm in business, therefore it's blue sky, I'm not on wages, I have the capacity to create unlimited wealth because I'm in business, if I remember you. And so that is what we should be focusing on, Bobby, not the, the, all the rubbish that's going around and wasting our time and we can't develop this because it's going to nuke us when it isn't and that sort of stuff. So good, Dave. That's so good. And I think that that kind of brings us to something that you alluded to earlier, but I'd really like to get into, which is, um, so we're talking about this, this conspiracies. The enemy uses that as a distraction, a distraction from what Christians should be focused on, which is their assignment. So I guess the question, and you alluded to it a little bit earlier, but I'd love to, I'd love to go into that some is, what should Christians' response be during this time? Now, we've been talking about that here and there, but just from a practical standpoint, what should a Christian's response be during a time like this? And how do, they, how do they stay on that task when the whole world seems to be in turmoil? You're asking me that one, Chris? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, pretty much as we've covered, if, if we can, you know, keep in mind the the macroeconomic climate okay um how can i put this i lecture at a lot of economic summits around the world so i'm not an economist or anything but because we're world leaders in what we do in terms of biblical economics and the, and the culture change that that needs to happen if any economic model is going to work they get they ask me to put out white papers and come and lecture at universities and so on so this that, you know what should what should we be doing as far as the Christians are concerned? That the macroeconomic climate right now is really really exciting, um, and it's because we're being compelled to make changes. Um, uh, with change comes opportunity. Okay, so the, the, as you guys all know, as we all know, the root cause of this economic meltdown is not uh, is not business as such. It's not a business failure. It's not an economic failure. Okay, it's purely a medical crisis that has developed into an economic crisis. So from the, from the perspective of the, the whole financial system, it should have collapsed. Yeah, for sure. There should have, there's been other triggers that should have collapsed it, but it was m manipulated by the powers that be. They keep postponing. It was manipulated in 2008, was manipulated in 2011 when three big European banks collapsed and no one even heard about them. Were, the, the, the ECB funded them and got them out of it and it shouldn't have done that and so on and so on. So it's all being manipulated. But when the whole world collapses like this and catches us unaware, it's got to be obvious that it's God because God's fed up with them manipulating this stuff. And he's saying, you're not going to stop what I'm planning, so let's crunch it with this great big um, um, medical crisis, which you never saw coming, um, just as much as David, when he prayed to the Lord, why is there famine in the land? He never knew that it was because of something that happened 400 years earlier. It caught him completely unawares, and he had to go and fix it. Okay, so now here we are. All this is massive thing that God's doing, overriding all of mankind and creating these incredible opportunities. So we should be taking advantage of that. We should be understanding the broad principles and, and in our churches and in the marketplace, we should just be, we should understand spiritual covering. We should understand assignment, all the stuff that is conducive to being able to handle the transfer. And then with that transfer, we rebuild. We bring the kingdom of God into the earth. We, we have deliberate strategies to do that. There's probably no time now to explain that. Maybe if there is. But the point being, if we can teach people how to handle this and how to do it, 
then the opportunity hasn't been wasted. There's talk about the shutdown lasting another six months. Awesome, that's plenty of time. And if that's the case, what a pleasure. You know, um, oh, it, we need it. I mean, I'm loving the shutdown because we can do lectures like this. I did one the other day. It reached 180,000 people. And, and we can't do that by traveling around the world and lecturing. I did 111 lectures last year. Uh, none of them had an audience of 180,000. But the other day, it did live. 180,000 people and they all send me emails which is horrifying all the questions that came in yeah, but the point is this is the time for us to to plug into god's macro plan and make it work he, he uses us to make it work so we better be available it's so good thank you so much dave i think i know i've had so many of my past clients and those i've, I've coached both in the secular and the Christian spheres. And I've had so many of my non-Christian clients reaching out to me going, Layla, what is happening? Why is this happening? And they are fearful. And it's been so important to, I think from the word go, to don't listen to the media and the fear machine. And I, I mean, and I'm guilty. I, I spent 10 years with a New York Times company, you know, working in broadcast. So I'm like, stay away from that. We feed on your fear. That's, that's where we make our money, right? right. So, so turn that off. Turn off the conspiracy. The enemy's good in every lie to plant some seeds of truth. So the conspiracy gets traction because there's just enough to make it believable, right? And that there, there may be those schemes of man. The enemy has, just as much as God has his plays in action, so does the enemy. And so I think when, when Dave talks about our response and the body of Christ of how we respond to this, we must know our identity and the authority that we carry to transform the narrative that's happening right now, that we recognize that we have with the faith, the mustard seed that's in us to truly move mountains. You talk about the macro economy and that we actually have the opportunity to make change right now. May we plant our seeds to write a new story and release what yeah. God is saying is, is supposed to be happening. So that's what gets me excited is like, what story do you want us to write right now, God? What is the next chapter? That's so yeah, good. you know, Layla, that, that's awesome. Recently, um, you know, our government, we have a Christian prime minister, overtly Pentecostal Christian guy, and his closest advisors are of the same ilk and of the same faith. And they are, and I am close to the top end of that, um, from from years of working with public policy and influencing elections and so on. So recently they were having in their in their closest groups discussions on how will we uh, how will we change the country. So when we come out of this, what do we want it to look like? Well, we better make sure we get the right brains in the room for that. Okay. So they they put out some feelers very covertly to see who will come onto that think tank. So I've been asked to join that think tank in a, in, a, in a special way. The point being that if we Christians can have input in how to, what the nation should look like, that's a real reset for the kingdom of God. That's a most amazing thing that's going on in the minds of people around the world, of governments around the world. It's an opportunity to bring the kingdom in a practical way, not, not thus save the Lord, because that's not going to work, but what are we going to change culturally and then economically and politically? How will we do this? So it's so good that it's happened. Yeah, I, I, I love that you're stepping into these places of influence because the the stuff that you're teaching and the lessons that you have kind of put together inside the Kingdom Investors website are are so solid and important and biblically based that it is actually kind of sad that it's not 
taught by everyone, right? So, so I guess the first thing I would say is, Dave, thank you for spending all this time with us. We really appreciate it. The second thing that I would say is, if you're listening to this and you're unfamiliar with the stuff that um, we're talking about, definitely go over to the Kingdom Investors website and sign up and, and learn, dig into the stuff that we're talking about. Because here on this podcast, it's just very high level, very, um, you know, 10,000 foot level. We need to get deep into this stuff so that we can really understand what these godly principles are. So thank you for doing that. Dave, um, there's people all over that are hearing this and they're, they're thinking, well, that's all real great, but like, what do I do today? So I guess what I'd love to hear as we kind of wrap this up is what's that practical advice for someone that, that they they might be in all kinds of different scenarios. They might not even be a business owner, but everybody is affected by this. What's your advice to that person? Just the, from a practical standpoint, what do you say to the person that's listening to this podcast and they're not sure what step to take to take next? Okay, so um, what we try to do in 2007 and 2008 is get people to participate in what God was doing. And it was the first and one of only two times we ever actually offered, um, because a lot of people can't, they might not be in business and they might not, or their business might not be in a position to participate in a transformation of wealth. So can they piggyback off others just to be part of it? And the answer is yes. And we were trying to get them to piggyback off other businesses that were going to prosper out of it. So seek them out, find them and do so. And um, so a lot of people actually invested with us at the time and came out with a 300% you know, increase in the value of what they went in with over the period of the, of the two-year crisis, that really the duration of it. That's available still. I, I'm not one that wants to promote investments on, uh, on, a, on through our ministry. And so you guys know from our lectures that we use our companies as testimonies rather than promoting investments. And Kingdom Investors is, is a misnomer. KI is not an investment club, it's a marketplace ministry, it was just badly named years ago. But on these rare occasions, people can invest if they choose to, simply because they don't. Have, they might not have a way to prosper out of this, but they know God's telling them they should prosper. So they can do that if they want to, if they contact us, we will help them there. Um, we, if we had time, but maybe if they, if they catch us on another webinar or something because we're out of time now. But, you know, when you've got so many different companies and so many different sectors, we're doing different things. All I've told you about is the health club. But we're in the telco space. We're in tel constructing telco towers. You know, KI, for example, what are we doing during this time during KI? How are all these different sectors, what are we physically, practically doing in each one to create this transfer, to participate in the transfer? And that is... is that would help people in like six or seven sectors. You know, we can't cover every sector, but if you, know, if you look what we are practically doing, then it's quite amazing how it doesn't matter where you are, you can do stuff and you can make it work. So that's, you know, I don't know how to, we haven't got time for that, but if we can, I can do it, maybe send you a list or something, I don't know. That's great, Dave. Just as a quick recap of a few things that I'm hearing today, Excuse me, righteous, uh, to define righteous, um, God's will, God's way, I'm hearing you say that we can, <clears throat> excuse me, take advantage of a situation or we can hear what heaven's saying and do good business in a moment that uh, causes everyone to win. I love your heart <clears throat> on that. 
to me, that's not normal. To me, it should be kingdom, but even in the kingdom, that's not normal. So I love thinking about the definition of righteous. Um, I think, too, in if you think of the scripture that says, you know, talking about the wealth transfer and the wealth of the wicked or the nations are laid up for the righteous, that word righteous there has more to do with stewardship in terms of what Dave's talking about, what we do with that than just, right. hey, I'm a Christian, I'm automatically righteous, I don't have to do anything for stewardship because that wealth is laid up for me. That's wrong. And that, would, yeah. that wealth will pass you by. The other thing that I'm hearing him say is don't get distracted. Don't get distracted in this time. It would be a waste of this opportunity to come out without a kingdom mindset, without a mindset to prosper and to give. All, all that I hear the Paladin Corp uh, doing is they're all about helping people win. And just like the story that he told about the owner of the, um, the workout place. I mean, she got to win right. in that scenario. And then also, uh, we connect, Dave, with a lot of leaders globally. And those leaders right now are positioned to shape the narrative. They're positioned right now to trumpet all across the globe what God is saying in this time. And I guess that's my final question to you, is what is the narrative that leaders all across the globe right now should be using their platform to create? Yeah. Okay. So that, if we, I think we should be talking about changing the culture that has driven our societies and our economies. Um, notwithstanding that, that this crisis came through a medical emergency or a health crisis, we still had a fundamental economic crisis looming regardless. And we still have all forms, all manner of social distress around the world. Uh, yesterday, I spent two hours with the president of South Cameroon. And, you know, we're going through a, a lockdown. They're going through a lockdown, but they're also going through a genocide. Thousands of them are murdered and raped every single day in South Cameroon. It just drives me cra crazy thinking that, you know, what's God thinking when this is going on? Now they're in a lockdown. They can't even get away from these troops that are killing them, you know. So that whole system has to change. That greed and self-centeredness has to change. When you mentioned, Bobby, about the, the transformation of wealth not being to do with just the fact that I'm a Christian, that transformation of wealth was, in Solomon's mind, was purely to do with wealth and power, nothing to do with being pious, okay? Nothing to do with, I go to church on Sunday, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good guy and I don't pervert porn. Okay, nothing to do with that. That's just generic Christianity. What he was saying was, I inherited this massive stuff from my dad, including the plans for the temple, including what to say to God when he came to me in the dreams, etc., etc. And and this is two kings, don't forget, two, two kings talking to each other. David was a king, Solomon was a king, hence the power part. But the wealth part, all those pagan nations brought him camel loads of gold and everything, even the queen of Sheba, who came from Babylon, so we, you know, Sheba, Shaba is this, the very, is Ethiopia, the very root of Babylon is where, because, because that's where Nimrod came from, right? So the point being, even she came and was totally transformed by the culture change of caring and sharing all this wealth. And she took that back to Ethiopia and transformed the nation. So that's the narrative that we should have. We should transform the culture that drives the greed and self-centeredness from the top 
from the politicians who lie when they when they when they want votes. They promise stuff that can never ever be delivered, which is going to throw every you know the generations into financial anarchy. Our children. That can't keep going. The unfunded liabilities of politicians and governments. That's where it comes from. All of that needs to change because it's all driven by greed and self-centeredness. If we change that culture and prove that it works, and we've proven it a million times, then that should be the narrative going out from all of the governments, from all the people. A different culture to drive a nation, and this reset should reset the culture. It's almost a jubilee time, even though you might not see it as that. But we should be resetting debt clocks, you know, national debt clocks, the whole lot, and starting from scratch with a different culture. That's what should be spoken about. Such a great perspective. I love yeah. that. Well, thank you so much for that, Dave. I, I just love to hear with um, what you're saying because you're not just saying it from a place of, of you know, study. You, you haven't just studied these things. You have actually lived this out with real businesses across many sectors over many years and have watched how God's principles actually work in the marketplace, even though so often they're completely counter to the way the world normally runs. So it's such a powerful testimony. I would love to have you back on to dig into some of these things we alluded to deeper. So that would be cool if we could do that in the future. But if, but, um, but what I want to remind everyone that's watching this right now is definitely the things that Dave has been talking about and we've been touching on at a very high level. You can learn a lot more about that stuff at the Kingdom Investors website. So definitely go there and check it out. If you're just finding this on a live stream that someone shared on Facebook or YouTube, hop over to the Eagle Mountain Radio podcast and subscribe. That way, if we are able to interview Dave again, then you'll get that one as well as the other speakers that we have on there. So Dave, thank you so much for your time joining us today it's been unbelievable to talk to you as always we really appreciate it that's a great pleasure and sorry jenny and, and Layla, i took up all the time and did all the rabbiting on it wasn't my plan <laughs> i just want to say thank you with your words that when you came from hub nation last year you left in permanent impression on my life. My my Fridays have been forever changed with a deeper devotion time. And we're just now, it's taken me a while to process through it, but um, really practicing daily communion. And that might sound funny to say that it's taken a while to, to implement that, but that was such a big challenge. You really did challenge us to a discipline of alignment um, to step into the greater things that God has for us. So thank you for just speaking truth and really calling us to the next level. Wow, fantastic. Yep. Thanks, Dave. And again, check out his website. We'll put all the information in the show notes as well as the podcast links and so forth. So check that stuff out. And until next time, thanks, everyone.